It's Friday, April 3rd, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, America's unemployment soars and food prices fall. First, the world in brief. More than 6.6 million Americans filed for unemployment assistance last week, bringing the total number of new claimants to nearly 10 million in the past fortnight, an increase unprecedented in the country's history, see main stories. The pandemic depressed consumption, lacerating industries from retail to construction. Analysts expect the spike to continue as further lockdowns come into effect. The oil price, however, is showing signs of recovery. The price of Brent's crude surged by 30%, giving battered American stock markets a boost. Donald Trump had tweeted news of a conversation he had had with Mohammed bin Salman, the de facto leader of Saudi Arabia, and suggested that the kingdom's price war with Russia might be ending. World food prices dropped in March, according to the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization. Prices of a basket of goods were 4.3% lower than in February, which might surprise those wandering at empty supermarket shelves. But the slump in oil price dragged down demand for biofuels, and thus the demand for sugar and vegetable oils. The number of confirmed cases of COVID-19 passed 1 million globally, with more than 53,000 deaths. America has the most cases, nearly a quarter of the world's total, and broke a terrible record with more than 1,000 fatalities in 24 hours. Officials are expected today to urge Americans to start wearing masks in public. Spain reported 950 new deaths. Vladimir Putin extended stay-at-home measures in Russia. Scientists in Australia started testing two potential coronavirus vaccines on animals. They are being made by Oxford University and Inovio Pharmaceutical, an American company. The results could be known by June. Australia's science agency said these are the first rigorous preclinical trials of such vaccines to use animal testing. About 20 other groups worldwide are working on vaccines of their own. Thailand introduced a curfew to run from 10pm to 4am every night as part of its bid to reduce the pandemic spread. Those who ignore the ruling could be jailed for two years. Thailand has reported just 15 deaths from COVID-19 and 1,875 cases, though it was the second country after China to report an infection back in January. American Democrats postponed their party convention in Milwaukee from July to August to make it more likely that people can attend. Joe Biden, the frontrunner to win the party's presidential nomination, has raised doubts about the earlier date. The change shortens the period the nominee will have for fundraising to take on Donald Trump in the general election in November. And editor's note. The Economist is making some of its most important coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic freely available to readers of The Economist today, our daily newsletter. For details, visit our hub at www.economist.com forward slash coronavirus. And now here's today's agenda. You ain't seen nothing yet. Unemployment in America. Today's monthly job report will make a grim reading with sharply lower job creation and higher unemployment, but it will only hint at the difficulties that American workers face as a result of coronavirus lockdowns. The surveys were largely conducted in early to mid-March, but other data point to soaring unemployment. In the week to March 28th, 6.6 million Americans filed for unemployment assistance, with 3.3 million having filed the week before. Surveys of employers suggested that hiring intentions are lower than in the depths of the financial crisis in 2008. Almost all economists reckon that by the middle of this year, unemployment will have risen above 10%. Others think 15% or even 20% is possible. And because many employers are likely to go bust over the coming weeks, unemployment is unlikely to snap back to its pre-COVID level once the lockdown ends. The measures to contain coronavirus are temporary. 
the economic effects will feel permanent. The Online Brains Trust, Treating COVID-19 As patients severely ill with COVID-19 over on hospitals around the world, doctors are learning in real time how to treat them. Today, thousands of medical professionals around the world will be tuning in online for webinars organised by medical societies and government health departments. Anaesthetists and intensive care doctors from the hospitals with the most experience in treating such patients have been sharing their knowledge in these webinars. Medics from China and Italy have featured prominently in them. In particular, doctors are keen to learn about the signs and laboratory results that signal when a patient may be getting better or worse, and how to adjust treatment accordingly. Knowing about the optimal timing of various intensive care procedures, such as breathing ventilator, is crucial, and not just for patients. With ventilators and intensive care beds running short in a growing number of hospitals, this knowledge will help doctors to treat more patients successfully. A chiller in Manila. Filipinos aren't going anywhere for Easter. On Sunday, the devout in the many Catholic Philippines begin the religious festival of Easter as best they can, now that precautions against the COVID-19 pandemic preclude church attendance. More important to the less devout, the Easter holidays are usually an opportunity for hundreds of thousands of internal migrants living in the country's economic core, around the capital Manila, to visit their home provinces. This year, the government has locked down this part of the country, stopping the exodus. Only 4,726 out of a national population of 105 million have been tested for COVID-19 so far. The government cannot guess how many undetected carriers might be among the Easter holiday makers who do manage to stuff themselves into buses and ships. Just to add to the holiday cheer, the trigger-happy president, Rodrigo Duterte, has invited the army to shoot dead anyone causing trouble amid the community quarantine laws. Nighttime. Britain's Labour Party reveals its new leader. The Labour leadership ballot has closed and the name of the new leader will be revealed on Saturday morning. In normal circumstances, the result would have been announced at a rally in Westminster. Thanks to COVID-19, it will be disclosed in an anticlimactic round-robin email. The winner will almost certainly be Sir Keir Starmer, Labour's Brexit spokesman and a former director of public prosecutions, hence the knighthood. Sir Keir has led his nearest rival, Rebecca Long-Bailey, at every stage of the 12-week contest. He is a very different figure from his predecessor Jeremy Corbyn, who led the party to two election defeats. He is a moderate pragmatist, whereas Mr Corbyn was a hard leftist, and a details man, whereas Mr Corbyn was a woolly idealist. Sir Keir is expected to get to work revamping the shadow cabinet, appointing a new leadership team and confronting the government with timely questions on the coronavirus crisis. Look back in anger. Hong Kong's protests. One year ago today, an amendment to Hong Kong's extradition law was put before lawmakers. Opposition to the proposal, which would have allowed those accused of crimes in mainland China to be sent there for trial, was already brewing. But nobody expected the ensuing drama. In June, millions marched in protest against the bill. Then, all summer, streets became war zones as demonstrators battled the police. By the time the bill was withdrawn in October, the damage was done. The economy has tanked, unemployment is rising, the government is unpopular, and the police widely detested. The coronavirus and mass arrests have stifled large street rallies, but anger simmers. The police now warn of a domestic terrorism threat. The appointment of two hardliners to help direct China's policy on Hong Kong suggests the Communist Party may yet crack down harder. Once the antivirus masks can be discarded, the anti-tear gas variety might be back. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Washington Irving, born on this day in 1783. Little minds are tamed and subdued by misfortune, 
but great minds rise above it. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.